As we continue worshiping together today, sibling, we invite you to find your Bible or favorite Bible app and join us in the reading from the Gospel according to Mark, the 11th chapter beginning in first verse. When they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethpage and Bethany near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately, as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Just say this. The Lord needs it, and will send it back here immediately. They went away and found a colt tied near a door outside in the street. As they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, what are you doing untying the colts? They told them what Jesus had said, and they allowed them to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he got on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! 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 Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest in heaven. The highest heaven. Mm-hmm. Then he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, and as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. On the following day, they came from Bethany. He was hungry. Being in the distance of big tree and leaf, he went to see whether perhaps he would find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. He said to he said to it, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. Then they came to Jerusalem, and he entered the temple and began to drive out those who were selling and those who were buying in the temple. And he overturned the tables of money of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves, and he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. He was teaching and saying, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of for all the nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. And when the chief priests and the scribes heard it, they kept looking for a way to kill him. But they were afraid of him, because the whole crowd was spellbound by his teaching. And when evening came, Jesus and his disciples went out of the city. Receive what the Spirit is saying. Thanks, Will you pray with me? Loving God, come and be with us journey with us. In this moment, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be acceptable to you. For you and you alone, O God, are our strength and our salvation. Amen. We really love parades. People in general, maybe not everybody, but people in general love a parade. We love a big rally. And 
Even those who dislike crowds could be stirred to join the throng by the right cause or the right person who was going to show up. Give me something to wave. <laughs> Give me a sign to hold. Give me a chant. Hey, hey. Ho, ho. Hey, hey. Hosanna. <laughs> Let's march. And when we gather for the annual Palm Sunday Parade, we're traditionally given delightful images of children in various states of confusion, disarray, and glee being shepherded into sanctuaries with palms. And even in this virtual space, as we saw as we came together this morning, there's a sense of playfulness and hope and anticipation as Jesus enters Jerusalem, as we ourselves enter Holy Week. The original parade on this day, best we can tell, is what advocates call a public action. And our story begins by detailing preparation for the event, including securing Jesus's ride and marking the parade route with cloaks and leafy branches. The chant was taken from an old favorite, the victory song that we call Psalm 118, Hosanna, save us. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. The parade was carefully planned. The allusions to Zechariah's prophecy of a new king riding a donkey into Jerusalem, humbly bringing peace in a time of war, that was deliberate and provocative. Its route led to the temple, the power center of Israel's religious and political life. And all this energy, all this preparation, the parade, the energy, the flow, the people, the energy builds and it culminates with Jesus entering the temple. And then when he looked around at everything, he left. Wah, wah. <laughs> According to the lectionary, the assigned readings for this day, the story ends right there. But the so-called triumphal entry into Jerusalem was not just that day. The point of the Palm Sunday public action wasn't just to have a parade and look around as if on a fact-finding mission though evidently what Jesus perceived when he looked around, what he perceived in church policies and behavior, what Jesus perceived in Congress and state legislatures and courts and precincts, what Jesus perceived triggered a nasty mood. Because on the way back to Jerusalem for day two of the action, Jesus takes out his frustration 
on an unsuspecting fig tree that had the audacity to not have figs available in the off season. Jesus returns to the temple, and this time it's about more than taking a look. Jesus comes in hot to disrupt the system, to overturn the status quo, to dismantle tools of injustice, to reveal how things are chata, Hebrew for missing the mark. Jesus speaks words of scripture. Jesus runs people off who aid and abet an unjust system and flips the money tables all to challenge and reveal codified systems that benefit the few and marginalize and disenfranchise the many and the most vulnerable. Jesus' Palm Sunday action was not a fact-finding mission, but a life-saving mission. And its procession route led him to reveal in no uncertain terms how religion was missing the mark, how politics was missing the mark, how economics was missing the mark. Because all of these things were failing, are failing, to produce the fruits that sustain life for all in and out of season. And that's what they're supposed to do. No excuses. Our tendency in the American church is generally to jump from Christmas to New Year's Eve to Super Bowl to Palm Sunday to Easter. A few of those are not officially in the liturgical cycle, FYI. We jump from celebration to celebration, big day to big day. And it makes sense, of course, because life is hard and we all need things to look forward to. But here's the thing. The things that we look forward to, if only we focus on those things alone, those things we look forward to can become nothing more than distractions and props for the status quo because we might fail to attend to what happens around the celebrations, between the celebrations. Just for example, if we're not careful, Christmas can become about how to pile more money on the tables of the rich while making the poor feel guilty that they can't do more for their children. And this for a story about a child who came into the world to turn those tables, to turn more than those tables, <laughs> upside down, and to bring relief to the poor. 
If we take a shortcut on the Holy Week parade route, we might be lulled into believing that Jesus wants no more than adulation one day and brightly colored hard-boiled eggs and bottomless mimosas the next. That kind of Jesus doesn't challenge anyone. Certainly doesn't challenge me. Isn't that handy? Our tendency to jump from celebration to celebration misses the lamentation. It glosses over, denies, tries to avoid the suffering. The palm procession didn't end with adulation. It didn't end even with a triumphant Jesus dismantling injustice with one prophetic sign act and public witness in the temple. If we jump off the route at either of those points, allowing our palm procession to take a different course, we can move the party to another venue feeling good about how we showed up to support the big event, but really just leaving Jesus to go it alone. Of course, Jesus knew that's what would happen. He knew he was alone or would be. He knew this even as early on the parade route, the crowds hailed him as their hope. Jesus alone knew where the palm procession would end knew what was coming, knew that the path to liberation is not through shortcuts or distractions, through party favors or pills. Jesus knew as he rode in on his donkey that he would travel the lonely road of prophets before and since to speak truth for the sake of justice, to put himself in harm's way, to advocate for those denied place or provision in the community, to break unjust human laws in order to reveal the higher law of God's love and compassion, to unveil the hypocrisy and cruelty of the status quo. Jesus knew the route he was taking. He knew where it would lead. Where does your palm procession take you? Today, Jesus enters the gates of Jerusalem and invites us to follow his lead. Jesus shows us how to step into the pain, to stay on the route that leads to newness. Jesus can show us because Jesus knows what it's like. 
Jesus knows what it's like to feel alone and unseen in a crowd. Jesus knows what it's like to be targeted, to be misunderstood, to be stereotyped, to be called evil. Jesus knows what it's like to look around at the way things are in the world and feel grief and rage. Jesus knows what it's like to grieve the death of a loved one. Jesus knows what it's like to be given an impossible task. The weight of it crushing. Jesus knows what it's like to be betrayed and hurt by those closest to him, to be ignored and denied by those who once looked to him for guidance and care. Jesus knows what it's like to experience physical pain. Knows what it's like to cry out to God, asking for things to be different. Railing against God for feeling so abandoned. Jesus, Jesus knows. And so is with you in your lament. You need not be lonely there. Will will you accept the invitation? Jesus' invitation to bypass the detours, the shortcuts, to stay on the route with him. Jesus's Palm Sunday parade doesn't end with shallow celebration or the emotional satisfaction of one table flipping action. Jesus' Palm Sunday parade leads to and through deep soul and universe-shaking lament. It leads all the way to Calvary. Some things, and there, at the cross, Life doesn't, but that's another story for another day. Promise. Let us pray. Oh God, we turn to you as we enter the gates with Jesus into Holy Week. And we pray that you would forgive us for our temptations to wander off course, to be distracted, to be afraid to go with Jesus through what is needed to get to the other side, to new life, 
Forgive us for not trusting that you will bring us through no matter what. Forgive us for being unwilling to stay with Jesus. Forgive us for being unwilling to receive the cries of those calling to us, saying, save me. Help us follow Jesus. We pray it in the power of that name, Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen.